we are just a dare to be at the other side of the pond, but we're so excited because Cherish is fast approaching. And, and I'm coming to your side of the pond, so I can't wait to be at Cherish. I always love when I get to be there, and I believe this year is going to be the best yet. So, can't wait. See you soon. See you soon. So make sure you book in, bring all your friends, yes. and join us. We're going to be there as friends, so you bring yours. Bye. <laughs> Go ahead, girl. I light up the sky. to live in a commitment that goes past whether I like you today or not. You know, you're going to be shocked by this, but there are some days when I don't like Steve. I mean, there are some days I wake up and I'm like, I don't like the way that you did that. I, I don't like you annoy me. You're annoying me today. Maybe it's because I've had a bad week and on that particular bad week, he made me a bad cup of coffee and now I have a bad mood and then the children are behaving bad and then I get a bad phone call and it all rolls in and today I don't particularly like being around you all. In fact, all you gambles, move out. <laughs> I've decided I don't like you children, move out. There are days when I don't like my children. Oh my gosh, let's just all be real. There are days when I don't like that behavior. I don't know where you came from. Right now, you are your father's son. <laughs> I don't like the way you slammed the door. I don't like the way that you left your dirty undies all along the corridor, thinking moi has a joy in retrieving them. We don't always like, but here's what I decided. I love you. I love you with such a deep love that on the days when I don't like you, my love overrides my like, and my love still picks up the dirty undies, and my love, and my love overcompensates for where my like may be struggling. When commitment kicks in, your love overrides the things you dislike about that situation, about that person. Guess what? There are days when I have not liked certain people in this church, none in this room. So not like them. Thought about not coming to church in case they're there. Because every time I see them, they've wound me up more. I don't like them. I don't particularly want to be around them. That's a problem when you're the pastor. I don't like you today. You wrote me a bad letter. You hurt my feelings. You said things that were unkind. You were cruel. You were mean. You didn't act in a way that I feel I deserved. You know what? I don't like you. But you know what? I'm going to get out of bed and I'm gonna come to the house of God and I'm gonna stand up and preach, you know why? Because I love the house. And right now my love and my commitment will override my dislike. See, some of us have got so confused. Unless you like everything, unless everybody likes you, you don't show up. But that's what I'm saying, that's where commitment begins to make a difference. Well, I didn't like what happened last week, so? It's not about that. It's about a commitment that goes, you know, news shock. I'm sure God doesn't like every conversation you have. Sure he doesn't like everything you watch on the internet. 
I'm sure that wouldn't be his best choice for you in some of the decisions you've made behind closed doors. But guess what? He still pursues you every day with his love. He still covers you with his grace. His mercy still chases you when you wake up in the morning. Saddens me when people lessen their commitment because somehow flesh has got in the way. And you know what I'm talking about. Maybe you feel you've been on the receiving end of that. Well, don't make it make you like that. Deepen your commitment. Commitment is like a foundation that you dig deep on which you get to build something pretty special. Commitment is heard in your language. Commitment is seen in your behavior. Commitment moves you from casual to planted. And you know what commitment does? It gives you confidence. Gives you confidence because you're not building on something that no one can hear or see. You're building on something that is felt and is real. I've been committed to Christ for over 30 years. I've been committed to Steve for over 20 years, 23 years, 20 years married. I've been committed to this church for 40 years. I've been committed to my best friend for over 30 years. Commitment lasts. Build in a way that moves past like and moves you into what real love looks like. Second thing, if you want a love that lasts, consistency. It's not a very sexy word. It's not very glamorous. In fact, it's a pretty boring word. It's not something that maybe you would think, wow, love, oh my gosh, love, consistency, love, consistency. Don't hear many love songs with the word consistency in it. And I will consistently love you. But honestly, go around this room, talk to people that have something that's lasting in their life. And I'm sure you'll uncover a commitment to be consistent. Anything you're building that's gonna last is gonna require some consistency. And some of you, you can't keep a girlfriend. You can't stay in the same church. You can't be around the same community for more than a few months before your feet get itchy and your palms get sweaty and you feel the need to move on. And my word for you today is consistency. Stop being moving around all the time. The Bible talks about as being built into a body, being part of something, attaching. Consistency attaches you. And though sometimes you would like to detach, consistency speaks different words. Consistency does not need a day in a year to send a card to say, I love you. Because consistency said it yesterday, the day before and the day before that. Consistency, every day, that our kids wake up every single day that we do life of a family. Every day we tell each other in our home, I love you, Noah. I love you, mom. I love you, Steve. I love you, Hope. Every single day before anybody leaves the house, before the first thing my son will say to me is, I love you, mom. Why? Because we're teaching him consistent language. That there's a consistency in this house of I love you. There's a consistency in this house of I'm sorry. There's a consistency in the house of I believe in you. There's a consistency in this house of I am here for you. Consistency gives great courage to a young person because when they know you're consistently for them, they step out and believe for greater things. But if they feel their performance is gonna require to be great for you to give them praise, then they won't attempt anything. 
Consistency, a consistent home is a safe home. Consistent parenting gives you well-balanced children instead of crazy children. Some of you have heard the story before, but it's worth retelling because it makes the point and it also embarrasses me, but that's okay. Many years ago when we were first married, I have never claimed to be a great cook. But I made for some friends one evening that were coming over for dinner a lasagna. And I got all the ingredients and you know, I'm like, this is simple. You know, housewives that have told me how to be a great housewife told me lasagna, you can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. Awesome, that's awesome, we can't go wrong. And so I got all the ingredients for lasagna and I led the mince and I led the cheese and I led the mince and I led the cheese and I led the mince and I put lots of cheese on the top layer of the cheese. And then I stuck it in the oven and an hour or so later our friends arrived and I went to get the lasagna out of the oven. Put the lasagna on the table and as I went to cut in it with a knife, there was nothing there the knife kind of disappeared and it was like a soup. And I was like, what went wrong? This is so simple. Everybody told me I've done exactly what they told me to say. I have led all the ingredients. And embarrassingly, we had to serve our lasagna with a soup ladle and we ate our lasagna in bowls and we dipped our garlic bread into the soup bowl, which was supposed to be lasagna. I could not understand what I had done wrong. And then at night after an embarrassed dinner party and our friends left, I was in bed and I sat bolt upright as I had a revelationary moment. I said, Steve! He said, what? I went, I know what happened. He said, what happened other than a disaster of a dinner? What happened? I said, I didn't put any lasagna sheets in. I had totally forgotten mince, lasagna sheets, cheese sauce. I'd just done mince cheese sauce, mince cheese sauce. I had totally forgotten the key ingredient of pasta sheets. And because I had no pasta sheets in my mince and cheese sauce, I had no consistency to hold the food together. And you might have love and romance, but without commitment and consistency, it will be soup instead of something that you can eat from that is solid. I love you guys, but I'm gonna have a little word with you in just a moment and then I'm gonna to get to the girls. Moody is not fun. Moody men carrying stuff, bottling stuff in, letting it all get pent up inside of you so the kids don't know, do I speak to you today? Do I not speak to you today? Your wife doesn't know, is this a good day at the office, a bad day at the office? All that pent up, it's not healthy. It's not good. Learn how to defuse the bomb. Learn how to handle your emotions. Learn as a man to say, I love you. Hello. Yesterday, I had to discipline one of my children and the discipline went on longer than I would have liked. And I was tired, and, but I wasn't gonna lose the battle because I needed to make a point. So after the first attempt and after the second attempt and I went back up the third time and then I got tears. 
And after I'd explained and we'd had a little conversation, Noah threw his arms around me. And his first reaction was, I'm gonna go wash my face because we were with friends. In other words, I'm not letting anyone see me like this. And as I held him for a few moments, he put his head on my shoulder and he said something I'll never forget. He said, I'm not gonna wash my face because crying's not a bad thing. I'm really sorry. And then he walked back in a room of grown boys older than him with tears running down his face. And they knew why they were there. And I knew why they were there, I could cry. But there was not a prouder moment because I want him to beat what a lot of men haven't beat, which is okay to cry. Tells me you care. It tells me you're bothered. Build a life that consistently opens your heart, consistently says, hey, I love you and I'm sorry. You know, when a man says to his wife, I'm sorry, you do more in that moment. You break down all the walls that we feel we have to fight against because your guard's up. It opens a conversation that would have never happened without that gateway. Sorry is not weakness. Sorry is strength. Sorry is, hey babe, I love you and I want this love to last. So let's work on this. And you girls, they give the silent treatment. They say, there'll be none of that for a little while. Hello. There'll be no funny business in the bedroom. There'll be nothing going on. There'll be no affection coming your way until you jump through all these hoops I have set for you. That's not consistency. It's not easy. But if you want your love to last, we all have to understand how to begin to build a more consistent love. A love that understands we will fall out, but you know what? We will say sorry. You know what? We will disagree, but you know what? We will put it right. You know what? There will be times when I feel hurt by you, but I'm gonna talk it through with you because you know what? I'm committed and I'm gonna be consistent. I remember when I first got married to Steve, and I have a few moments left, but when I first got married to Steve, we had our first huge, massive row. <laughs> and I'd like to tell you that it was handled godly, but it wasn't. We had a huge row. I was so mad, he was so mad. And we were driving to youth where we were leading for the night. <laughs> and about halfway towards youth, he was so mad at me. He pulled the car over the side of the road and he kicked me out and drove off. <laughs> he drove off. He left me in the middle of, I think it was Ollerton. I was at the side of the road. We'd gone about three miles from our house. He's like, enough, enough. Pulled the car over, get out of this car. I went, I, I want to get out of this car. And then I got out of the car and he drove away. I'm like, I uh, didn't mean that because now I don't know where I'm going and I have inappropriate footwear for walking three miles. And it was cold and it was a good five minutes before he came back for me. And I'd like to tell you when he came back, we went, I'm sorry. I was like, I'm so mad at you right now. But we have to go lead the youth group. Okay, in the youth group, hi. Why? Because we're human. But I stand here 23 years later with a love that's lasting. It's been expensive. It costs me. There's been tears and there's been tantrums, mainly on my part. But you know what? I wanna teach my kids how to have a love that's consistent. I want to be consistent with my kids. Hey, parents, don't treat your kids as if you have favourites. It's really, uh, really hurtful and really unhelpful. Love them all the same. 
If you're gonna send a note to one saying, I love you, send it to the other. If you're gonna encourage one, encourage the other. If you're gonna believe the best about one, believe the best about the other. Be consistent, it's not always easy. Especially if there's a kid right now that's driving you crazy or is far from you or backslidden or you're just like, ugh. But I tell you, your consistency will help them see what real love looks like. Be consistent. I don't really have time for the last one. I'll just mention it briefly because it is important. And then I had a whole passage to go to, but hey ho. Thirdly, you want a love that lasts? Celebrate. See, commitment and consistency left on their own are boring. They're great, but they become boring. And honestly, a lot of marriages where someone ends up having an affair or a fling, it might not be that they weren't committed, although their actions prove that their commitment has wavered. But sometimes it's because we forget to celebrate. Someone feels taken for granted. Someone feels like no one loves me. Someone feels like all they do is fold laundry, feed children, clean nappies. He just goes to work and their life is on two separate tracks. You have to learn the art of celebration. Hey, let's celebrate, we're still together. Hey, let's celebrate the great qualities we have each other. Hey, let's go on a date. Hey, let's put the kids to bed early. Hey, let's celebrate our kids. I love throwing parties that are just for no reason other than to celebrate our kids. Hey, we celebrate that you belong to us. Hey, we celebrate that God gave you us. Hey, we celebrate you. We'll sometimes have dinner around the table and tell the kids to stand on the chair and we'll celebrate them how awesome they are and how amazing they are. Why? Because love that last celebrates. Where you feel celebrated, you stay. Where you feel like people recognise and, and acknowledge you. Where people say, good job and well done. You think, wow, you noticed. Celebrate. Celebrate the ones in your community, your tribe. Celebrate them. I finally finish with this thought. If there was ever a picture of love that lasts, that so beautifully has all these three elements wrapped up in it. It's the story of the prodigal son. Think about it. Luke 15 tells the story of two boys who both chose to love something that didn't last. One boy, he loved money. He loved a good time. He loved himself. And because of that love, he said, give me my inheritance. And he took off. He loved a party. He loved being with the cool group. He loved hanging out, but it wasn't long before that love didn't last. The money ran out. The party goers left. The cool group dropped him. And then there was another son and he chose to love his own pride, his own position. Well, I've worked all these hours and I've done what you expected me to do. And you should love the fact that I've built and I've invested here and I've been a hard worker. But he couldn't love his own brother. But then here was the father that had both sons. And this is what I love about that story because it's a picture of God, but it's also a picture of what we should be like. The father's love was committed to both sons, one that stayed and one that left, committed to both. 
committed to the backslider and committed to the goody two-shoes. Committed to the one that drops over and brings flowers. Committed to the one that's out having parties and doesn't think two things about you. Committed to both. The father in that story was consistent. He was consistent with words of belief over the one that was in the field. And he was consistent in words of prayer and belief over the one that was in a pig pen. He was consistent to stay in the house until the day they would both be reunited. He was consistent to His Word to be there. He was consistent in His Word to provide. He was consistent in His Word to believe the best. But what I love about that, not only did you see in that story His commitment, not only did you see His consistency, but when that boy came home, you saw him do the third thing too, which was celebrate. Soon as that son came home, he said, go get the fat calf. We're gonna have a party. We're gonna celebrate, why? Because love that lasts is consistent. Love that lasts is committed and love that lasts celebrates. And where one son said, I don't wanna go to the party. Why does he have a party? Why should he have a party? He revealed how his love didn't last. See, some of your love will last if you're the, at the party. Some of your love lasts if you're being the one applauded. But your love soon wanes when it's not you. But that's not the love I'm talking about. So I'm just asking today in all of our lives on Valentine's Day, I can't think of a better thing to give you as homework. In those three areas I said at the beginning, are you loving Christ consistently? Are you loving Him with a commitment that goes past circumstance? Are you loving Him in a way that celebrates who He is daily? In your cause, in the church, are you loving the church consistently? Are you loving her with a commitment that goes beyond your social calendar? Are you loving her and celebrating her and speaking good of her and tweeting good of her and praying good things over her, rejoicing with her? In your community, your tribe, your marriage, your kids, your family, your friends, are you being consistent? Are you being committed and are you celebrating? It's good for us to think about that. On a day that's supposed to be about love, let's make it something deeper. Let's take it a step further. Hey, I'm Natalie Grant. And I'm Charlotte Gamble. And we are so excited that we are bringing Dare to Be, the event that we created for women, to cinemas nationwide on March 16th. Dare to Be is an event that help women not only live their life, but love their life. So invite all the women you know and dare to laugh, dare to dream, dare to hope, dare to be.